Thanks for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks, where Grizzly and Daniel sit around and talk about their thoughts and feelings about movies and video games, past, present, and future. Coming back at you again with an episode of Flicks and Joysticks. I'm Grizzly. I'm Daniel. And uh, we're going to get right into the news of the day. All right, guys. First today, big one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Now, this is a, I guess, a soft reboot, possibly, of the franchise. Uh, the multiplayer was revealed today. They actually had some streamers uh, showing <clears throat> live action going on. It looked great, kind of back to its roots, kill streaks, not score streaks. Looked really solid. Of course, the graphics and everything like that were beautiful. Uh, so yeah, really, really excited about that one. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about that too because that this is a franchise that has kind of lost its way somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. So, um, mm-hmm. and I I actually never got to play World War II, which is was the previous release. But um, from what I hear, that was a step in the right direction. So maybe with this kind of soft reboot, they'll they'll really get back to where they absolutely their roots. And um, in other news, uh, there is it's been confirmed um, there's going to be a fourth Thor movie, um, and it's going to be called Love and Thunder. And ladies, buckle your seatbelts because <laughs> it's a female Thor. If you remember Jane Foster from the from the uh, previous Thor movie, she um, becomes Thor. We don't know how that happens. I'm sure you can look at the comics and get an idea, but but they usually change a lot of that for the movies, right. but. But I'm really excited, and I actually heard that Natalie Portman is coming back to play the role yes. of Jane Foster. So yes, I did see that as well. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one thing to see in uh, the Avengers to see like Captain America wield Thor's hammer, but like now you're talking about like passing the torch completely yeah. over the whole title and everything. So yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. That's going to be a good one, and yeah. it kind of makes sense because what else? Well, if you follow Thor's storyline out, he was kind of one of the... I, for some reason, and this this just may just be me, but like, I had like the big three of the Avengers, and it was it was Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. It, that's just what it's been in my mind. So, And, you know, if you've seen, spoiler alert, if you've seen Avengers Endgame, you know that Iron Man and Captain America, both their storylines wrap up pretty nice. But Thor's is still kind of open. It doesn't really wrap up, mm-hmm. but... There's not really anywhere else for it to go, so right. so this would be a, a a neat thing to see. Right, you didn't think there was much meat left on that bone, but right. I mean they're obviously going to go full headed with the production and everything. So this, yeah, it's really exciting to see what they do with it. That's pretty awesome. Yep, yep absolutely. All right, we're going to start a new segment today, and this is called "Change My Mind." This is where we take a movie or a video game that one of us loves and the other one either doesn't like it or has never played it or doesn't know much about it. So um, we're going to do that. I've got one, and, and Daniel has one first. And I'll uh, let him try to convince me first. Um, I, and, and you'll understand why I don't play, haven't played many of these games when you find out what mine is. But, um, uh, but I've never really played any of the Madden football games and, and really, really many sports games in general. To be honest, I've I've played a few. I'm talking like maybe Tecmo Super Bowl back on, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the regular and SNES or something. Yeah. But, but not much. So, uh, Daniel, change my mind. What? All right. So, the Madden 
isn't about being a huge football fan and playing a football game. That's not what it's about. Is it a part of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a part of it. Where the fun comes from is playing with your buddy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what team you pick or whatever. You always put it on random. You don't ever get to pick teams. Don't pick teams because <laughs> everybody picks, you know, the Patriots or something else, you know, right. whatever. But it's the competition part. Mm-hmm. It's the strategy part. And my personal favorite is when you do beat them, you talk so much smack for like a week straight until you play again. And, I, okay, yes, honestly, being a sports fan, it does help. You know, hey, right. you kind of live vicariously through the game or whatever. But it's just so much fun, man, to, to you know, be third and 18 and, you know, your friend is saying, dude, I'm going to stop you. I'm stopping you right here. And you get that first down by like one yard or something like that, and just the look on their face, <clears throat> it just it just sucks the life out of them. Right. Um, they had create a team, create a player. I think at one point you could create a stadium. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean it was it customized the field, everything, mm-hmm. man. So I know it's hard to jump into a sports game not liking sports. I could I absolutely understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you ever play it and you ever win in any type of dramatic fashion, it makes it so worth it, man. It absolutely does. So you'd say um, for somebody starting out like myself, um, it'd be more fun to play with a friend than it would be to just to kind of play against the computer or something. Yeah, because you're going to find it really dull really fast because against the computer, everything's, I don't want to say really predictable, but somewhat predictable to it. So if you lose, it's kind of on you and you by yourself. Right. But if you play with a friend, <clears throat> and even online isn't as good as having somebody right there right. next to you. <laughs> right. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But you really make a, you make an event out of it mm-hmm. more than just sitting back relaxing. It, right. it, it, dude, it's just, it's just fun, man. It's really fun to dig in there. Jump off the couch, throw some Doritos on his head if you score a touchdown or something. That's <laughs> something true. Like that. You know, that's that's actually really cool because um, you kind of got me excited to want to play it now <laughs> because we live in the the age where multiplayer is mostly online and mm-hmm. you don't you know you're not sitting on your couch next to the person you're playing against, mm-hmm. um, and not just in sports games but any any games you play. And so to have that game still come because they're still coming out, right? Oh I mean, yeah, oh, they yeah. still come out with those. Yearly or every other year, uh, or something. every year, yeah, and um, sell a lot crazy too, and and probably for that reason because it's something you can you can sit with your friends and and play, and that actually sounds pretty fun. Yeah, well, let let me let me give you one final nail in my argument. Mm-hmm. You remember that feeling you got when you had friends over to play Mario Kart and you had to put the sheet or the cardboard on the split screen so they didn't cheat or <laughs> yeah. Goldeneye even like that. Yeah, Madden has that. Okay, Madden yeah, has gotcha. that draw and that feel. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Because, like, they had to change it to where uh, when you select a play, mm-hmm. you have certain buttons to push. Mm-hmm. But when you mash it, it played like a sound to scramble what your controller sound might sound like. Because each button might sound in, like oh, wow. significant. It's nuts. I'm telling you, it was cool. really good. It's really good. <laughs> That's really awesome. Good. Yep. That's awesome. Well, do you have do you own any of those? I got uh, 19 or 18, 19 or 18. You have to play one day. I think you it's to, worth you it. You have to school me at it because yeah, that would be cool. Yep. So, and now you're going to find out why I have never played the Maddens because Daniel has never played Final Fantasy. Not a one. And when I say that, I, I, I mean not any of them, not just the first one, but 
There's they're up to fifteen now, by the way. Good, great. And, Are you serious? I'm serious? I didn't know it was that hot. <laughs> oh my gosh! But and I have played almost all of them. Um, there, I actually haven't played any of the online. There's two online ones, like eleven and fourteen, are both online hmm. versions, and I haven't played either one of those. But I have played all of the other versions, and I'm talking Final Fantasy original came out on regular Nintendo. I mean, wow. that's, that's how long the series has been around. And, um, and so, um, I'm trying to think of how to tell somebody who's never played it. Cause it's, cause see, it's something I grew up with. I mean, like okay. I said, I, I, I've played them, you know, since I was young. I think the best way to describe it, it they are what they call JRPGs, which is Japanese role playing game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a turnoff for some people because instead of, you know, you walk around and you hit the button and the guy swing, swings the sword. You don't get that. You get a menu that says attack and then you pick which enemy to attack and then it attacks it. Okay. And so... Okay. And, and well, and some of the newer ones like Final Fantasy XV have changed that. It's more like an action type thing than, than that. But, but the majority of them are what they call turn-based. And, um, oh, okay. And so, and the thing, thing about it, I don't know why I like it so much, but... There's an element of strategy to it. It's not just you go in there and button mash. You gotta kind of think: Is this guy going to do an attack after I do this thing? Do I need to heal myself, or do I need to attack? Okay. I mean, it's kind of the strategy of it. But, but I would say the main point is like the stories. Like, there, if you really like a good story, then I mean, Final Fantasy games are, are probably some of the best. I mean, yeah, you go back and play the original Nintendo one. I mean, you're going to probably feel it lacking by today's <laughs> standards. But but growing up throughout the years, um, just playing them, and, um, with, and especially with the 7 remake coming out soon, that's going to be that's going to be pretty cool. I think, was that at E3 when they I think so, showed yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, and I think it comes out, well, they're, they're splitting it up into three episodes, I believe. Oh, wow. Which, it's kind of, being a fan of the original... It's kind of hard to see how they're going to do that. I guess maybe they're just going to add a bunch of content, maybe some side missions and, and stuff like that. But but um, I think it'll be cool. But I, I digress. I'm trying to convince you to like it. Let's see. Um, there. Well, the story part definitely hooks me in a little bit. Uh, and again, I know zero about this. I didn't know I had a story element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I knew that it was, um, like, like, the, like you said, the strategy-based, not, mm-hmm. not just... Uh, rapid fire back and forth. I knew it was that part, but I, I didn't know it had any kind of story or anything. To it. Mm-hmm. I sound so dumb saying no, that, no. but I, mean, I don't know anything about. The only thing I knew about the game, dude has a giant sword. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. And believe it or not, none of the games are intertwined. I mean, there's um, Final Fantasy X did have a sequel, and Final Fantasy Thirteen had a couple of sequels, but they weren't like Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy Ten sequel wasn't Final Fantasy Eleven. It was. Final Fantasy Ten Two. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of okay. weird how they did it, but but um, so each, what I say that to say each one is a unique story. So it's not like you had to have played them all. Okay, up until this point to know what's going on, but um, and the other thing is you know with today's games you see leveling up systems in, in just about every game you play. Yeah. I mean there's there's some form of progression, some form of leveling up. Well. Back in the early Nintendo and Super Nintendo days, you didn't really do that. I mean, most games didn't do that, but but these were the first kind of games where you did that. Where you oh, so you had pretty like a progression. Yeah, okay. And, and you and it's basic. You you get you fight enemies. You get experience points 
for each enemy and, and you know you have so many experience points till you level up and the fu- my first it's funny because my first role playing game like that was actually not a Final Fantasy game it was, <laughs> it was Chrono Trigger for SNES oh, dude. if oh, any of you yes. played that game then you know what I'm know what I'm talking about but um, did you ever play Chrono Trigger? I did actually okay I did, did I, did, like I, it, I did like it yeah I did like it okay it um it was so close. Actually, I even think it might have been made by the same animators of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, if it wasn't, they were twin brothers because <laughs> right. it was like identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of sucked me into it. I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Well, if you like that, then Final Fantasy is not much different. Than okay. That. It's kind okay. of the, a similar feel to it. And, you know, with each game, they like change systems a little bit and like, and tried to like, you know... Like there's, I think in Final Fantasy two and then Final Fantasy something, there instead of just leveling up like traditionally, it's more like the more you attack, then your attack levels up, or the more you use magic, the your magic levels up. I got you. Which kind of like was, Skyrim. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cool thing, side note about that, is there was a glitch in Final Fantasy uh, two, I believe, not not two that came out for Super Nintendo, but the, the actual two. It, man, it, there's a whole. It's a weird thing because two that came out for Super Nintendo was actually Final Fantasy four in Japan, and then wow three <laughs> was actually Final Fantasy six. So I mean, wow. there's like, but since they've re, they've released those, you know, like okay. on like PlayStation one, they came out with a few discs of the the early ones, and that's how I played. But anyways, there was a glitch in Final Fantasy two because of that system. It would give you that experience if you hit attack and then selected the enemy but didn't hit the button to actually select the enemy. You just hit attack and it goes to the enemy. It mm-hmm. counted the point. So you could sit there, select it, unselect it, select it, unselect it. Select, I mean, and you could just pump basically up, rack up the points. And, that's <laughs> so great. That was, that was fun. That's but, great. Ooh, that's a good segment. But, good glitches. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And... um but and and there there are plenty of Japanese role playing games, especially now, especially on PS4. They they seem to dominate with the with the JRPGs. But I don't know how quite to describe it. But Final Fantasy has always had this quality that was just a step above. Hmm. It just maybe I'm not not even immersive is not the correct word. Just I don't know. It's it's most of them are very bright and very colorful and very character driven like there's there's usually like multiple characters it's not just one one person mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's definitely single player i mean there's not really a way to yeah. do that kind of thing i have noticed throughout the years you know when trailers are stuff released the graphics always seem to be like two steps ahead of everything else. It's <laughs> yeah. always looked beautiful like yeah. the trailers yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. So we got good story turn-based combat which is different mm-hmm. I mean I can't really say there's anything that I've played like that in quite a while mm-hmm. but I feel like I, if I gave it a shot mm-hmm. I might like it yeah I might like it and mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying I need to give it a chance yeah because I haven't in the past 20 years or however well, long and I'm, I'll tell you this a good bridge to bridge the gap from I know you like open world type games and mm-hmm. that kind of thing Final Fantasy 15 is pretty pretty solid okay and it's um it's not turn-based it's it's more action rpg where where you you're actually attacking the guy and 
and you know the enemies and that kind of thing so it it can kind of bridge the gap because it still has that wonderment of final fantasy okay but but so i could get down with that you changed my mind slightly sweet and (laughs) and you know what I, i was talking to daniel earlier the um um, he actually changed my mind with something else before. Before I met him, I had never really played any of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, I didn't have anything against them. I just, it's just, man, there's so many games. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to get into every franchise that comes out. And um, since then, I've played nearly all of them. Um, I haven't played Unity, um, and I've been, Don't. I've been told that <laughs> that's okay. That's a, that's a good one to skip. And I haven't played really any of the spinoffs like well i played the Ezio trilogy so i played all three of those but i haven't played liberation liberation yeah. and kind of kind of the other spinoff ones yeah but um but yeah that's just that, so. suck you in man <laughs> yeah be careful yeah if you haven't played it yet guys i'm telling you <laughs> if you like a good story i mean, kind of like with the final fantasy mm-hmm. thing i think that's what really is drawing me pretty strong to trying it is i do like a good story man yeah. i really do i really yeah. do well, okay. Well, uh, Chris, if you're if you're ready, then let's jump over to our main topic today, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit storyline. Now, we're mm-hmm. going to start with this one, just because um, it seems it seems the most logical way to go from a, a, a time mm-hmm. uh, point of view, guys. Yeah. So. Um, we're just going to hit a few things on here. I mean, good Lord, we could probably talk <laughs> for the next four days about this yeah. stuff, yeah. just to kind of set it up. Before me and Chris started hanging out and we became friends, I'd never seen any of the movies. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I'd never seen any of them. Of course, I knew of them. Right. I might have even seen bits and pieces on like TNT or something like that, you know. But Chris kind of taught me into watching a little bit. I love the movies now. I need to give the books a read. I I know that's one of those kind of faux pas things. You know, you always read the book, not don't worry about the movie, but... Well, I, I need to read the books again. It's been a decade at least since I've I read the you. books, so I need I got to. You. I probably should read those again too. But, but I think, and as you'll see as we talk about this, I think in this case, it's it's really good to do both. It's really good to see the movies and read the books because there's there's some differences and just some different tones of of each one, and to get both perspectives is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I want to ask you this, and this is probably one of the things that stuck out to me the most with these Hobbit movies, is from from a moviegoer's point of view, from 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 me sitting in a seat, and, and I've actually had to watch them a few times because there's so much going on mm-hmm. to get a full grasp of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I've probably seen them three times each. Yeah. Maybe even four in some cases. Right. Right. Um, Thorin. Mm-hmm. Thorin Oakenshield. Okay. Your opinion, is he a good leader, a weak leader, a bad leader? I have mine. I want to see what you think. Okay. I think that and 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 we're going we're going excuse me, we're going off the movie now. Correct. Not necessarily yes. or anything. We're yes. going off the movie. Um I think he was a good leader. I think he was a strong leader most of the time. And I'll tell you why. One of the reasons I think he was a strong leader most of the time was his unwavering will to take back their homeland. You know, he comes in there and says, no matter what, no matter what it costs us, even if we die, we're getting our home back. Mm -hmm. And 
I think what we see as far as his weakness is when they get their home back or when they get there and um, then he becomes corrupted by um, by the um, heart of the mountain the heart of the mountain and and I think yes that's a weak point but I don't think that makes him a bad leader I think in, from my perspective it's kind of like he he has been so focused and had such an iron will that um, when he gets corrupted by this thing this iron will didn't go away it's just his mind was clouded from what was correct and what was incorrect and so not saying it wasn't his fault because um, I mean he could have been stronger to resist the corruption but in the end he overcame that and so yeah. I think to to overcome that is makes him a strong leader and I think that makes him a good leader because he's it shows well, I was going to say it shows that he's human but he's not human it's, he's no, yeah, it shows but, that he's a dwarf <laughs> but you, know, you know what I mean by that yeah. it's like it shows Your that character trait, he has yeah. flaws and it and um, but he can still overcome them, and I think, from my point of view, that makes him a pretty pretty strong leader. Okay, Here, here's my counter argument. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that he wasn't a strong leader, uh, especially in you know combat. He's usually the first one right, right out of the gate. You know, take mm-hmm. it head on. He's not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. But I think that he was too focused on getting his home back, and I think that. Um, in the first movie, especially the first movie, that really started to show a, uh, a kind of a hole in his boat, I guess the way you could say mm-hmm. it. Because, like, like, for example, I think not too far into the movie, after uh, Bilbo starts tagging along, they hide out in a, a cave and it's storming outside. And, like, all he does for, like, a solid minute is gripe about the cave that they're in. <laughs> right. and, and he, like... Okay, you're sitting here griping. Go do something about it. Right. And then, like he he uh, he gets on people for sleeping too much or talking too much. And I understand he's focused. He's driven on that one goal. But to be the leader of that group, you can't be so bullheaded that you risk having people resent you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was really a part that made him look weak. Right. Or I can see that. You know. Maybe weak is too strong of a word. Maybe it's um, given his position that he was kind of jettisoned into. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like he was just one day he was ready to be king and it was beautiful and everything right. was ready. It was in the middle of a gigantic war mm-hmm. where he saw his father's head ripped off. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everyone turns and looks to him. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're put in that position... I don't want to say he was too immature. That's not what I'm wanting to say. But it, it's just like being handed this big weight of responsibility and handling it the best you can. Right. And I'm not going to say he failed at it because in the end he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I do think, especially in the first movie, it made him look weak. Mm-hmm. Just a, a week later, but I will agree with you at the end, he did come around full circle. Mm-hmm. He did. So that, I don't know. I want to say he was just weak at first and grew into it. Yeah. Do you think that. that was their intentions, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe so. Because, yeah. and, and I always, I love a dynamic character. I really do. I mean, you you know, you have some characters that never change, but, but I love the the one that changes and, and ultimately ends up good. You know I mean? Yeah. It just makes for interesting Yeah. It keeps it from being uh, real cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. 
and oh, here comes a super strong hero, save the day, and the movie's done. Right. right. I'm not. I'm not interested in that. Um, all right, that was good. I, I like that. All right. So just real quick, these few that I did some research on, and mm-hmm. these were just a couple that kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Book versus movie differences. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, does that bother you? It not just in this, but in movies in general, based off a book or comic book or something like that. I'm kind of fifty fifty, and I think I think the reason is is because if you if you read a, if you read a story and then you see it played out on the big screen or the small screen, whatever you see it on, um, and it's not close to what you imagined it would be because it's so many changes have been made that I think. That can I can I can understand why people would be upset about stuff like that. And on the other hand, I also see with something like this. Well, I know we're talking in general, mm-hmm. but um, something like this, especially, you know, th- this book was written like decades ago. Yeah. You know, a long time ago. So, um, um, to be able to kind of expound upon it and. And I don't know, man. It, it it stood the test of time. Yeah, it it's hard to. It's hard. I know. I know people always say books are better than movies, but but I don't know if that's the case in this in this case. But it, but it may be. And I, I I'm beating around the bush. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know. I guess it depends on the book or movie. So case by case basis, yeah. probably. Okay, yeah. I can understand that. It, in some cases, I think, and I, and this is one right here that really stood out to me, and it, I don't even, I can't say I understand it. The pale orc in the books, mm-hmm. and in um, oh, what the, the uh, what did Tolkien have? It was like journals that kind of expanded upon yeah. his world. The pale orc was dead. Right. He wasn't even around mm-hmm. when these Hobbit movies were taking place. Right. But they film in there anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay, was there not something, something in all of that lore that they could have stuck with to go along with that story? They have to take someone that's dead. And I could imagine being someone who's really deep into this mm-hmm. and that making them upset. Right, absolutely. And I think one thing to remember is The Hobbit is a relatively short book. It's shorter than any one of the Lord of the Rings um, books. And um, in in the tone when Tolkien wrote it, he wrote it for children. Mm. So okay, even even the Hobbit book, the original Hobbit book, had a lighter tone to it than than the Peter Jackson movies because you know there's a heavy weight that's portrayed in the movies, and I think I don't know, I think. I don't know if it would done it have done as well if they didn't kind of expound upon it and and make it more than what it was. Okay. But I, I do know this. There's some things like the 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 part where Bilbo actually gets the ring from Smeagol. That part is written in the Fellowship of the Ring. It's not even part of the Hobbit books, but that but it did happen at that time. So okay. I, I mean. Does that make but, sense? Like, but yeah, but does something like that when you when you watch those movies, all six of them, knowing what you know from the books, does that bother you to the point to where you're like, I'm not gonna say physically mad or you know, nothing you know, throwing something across the room, but does it seem to kind of mess up the way the story should be told? Maybe that's what I'm trying to ask. I see what you're saying. Um 
maybe in some instances, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff they added. There's a lot of stuff that that wasn't even anywhere written, and I, and you know, and I don't know. I think I think he took some liberties, and some of them were cool, some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, speaking of things that were added and never existed ever, um, I never can say this character's name right. Tariel. Tariel. Okay. That's Lego. Really? <laughs> Legolas. Legolas. There it is. The love interests, you know, throughout all the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quick side note, he was so good in those movies, man. He's <laughs> so awesome. Which, by the way, Legolas wasn't even in The Hobbit. Really? Legolas himself was not even okay. in the Hobbit. So. Well, that just makes this even more kind <laughs> right. of a, a, a right. right statement. She never existed. Mm-hmm. They totally made her up. Forced a love, uh, like a love story into the movie. And I can't, I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. That was one thing in the movies that when, he, when she falls in love with the, with the dwarf, it's like all of a sudden, you know, she's kind of this rebel chick that's kind of a bad A right. and a good warrior. And all of a sudden, these dwarves are in prison and she falls in love with one of them because he hands her like a little charm or something. Yeah, that was... That it was cheesy, The man. way that happened... Uh, the idea of it doesn't bother me, yeah. but I agree. The execution of how exactly. it happened was, was very haphazard and very, yep. yeah, very unorganic. It I was mean, forced. Like, that wouldn't happen. It was forced. That would not happen. Yeah. Well, hey, if I could give a you know a girl a necklace and she fall in love with me, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, then when I first watched the movies, I I think I can't remember exactly where it is, but there was a point when you like when she says something about I love him or something, and I was like, wait a minute, she loves the dwarf? Like that's literally how it, well, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's not her fault. She did a great job. Oh, yeah. she's a great actress. Yes. But yeah, that was just poor execution, man. Mm-hmm. And it forced... Ah, I just didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um, well, we got to talk about like the best part of all of the movies. And that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Absolutely. I mean, as Smaug. He, he was Smaug. And um, man, he, he did an amazing job at that. But before we get into that, like he is one of my favorite actors. I mean, he really is. And I can't tell you why. I think there's just a quality. He has the the quality, and yeah. And of course, I, I've seen. I don't know if you've seen the Sherlock series. I have seen some it. of it. Yeah, those are really good. I think that's kind of his claim. Like that's where he kind of started and became really well known. And of course, now he's Doctor Strange yeah. and all that stuff. But man, what a good actor. Yeah, he. He's even got, uh, or he's in a few movies on Netflix. Some of them are kind of chick flicks that watch with Amanda and stuff like yeah. that. And you, every time you see him, you expect him to have that real low, almost baritone type of yes. voice and stuff. And I mean, he can't help it. That's his voice, stuff like that. But uh, my point is, he's not a um, a uh, like a pigeonholed character. He's not always a serious or a bad guy or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, he's got a pretty good range. Mm-hmm. And you're right. He, uh, man. He's tough to beat. Mm-hmm. He's tough to beat. He well, did a great job. Speaking of his voice, man, I, I'm a sucker for British accents. Like <laughs> I love them. I love them, and you can tell, man. We're we're as country as cornbread yeah. here. We have the deep South Southern accents down here, and um, but I love a British accent. And when you add that, like you said, that rich baritone t- uh, timber to it, to the British accent, it's just 
It's really cool. He had that uh, in the uh, Star Trek movies. Yeah. Or the Star Trek movie. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I, I'm not a Star Trek fan at all. Really enjoyed the movies. They were fun. I'm the same way. I, I never watched... Well, I'm not going to say I've never watched an episode, but I've never really watched any of the Star Wars... Star Wars... Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> any of the Star Trek shows or any of the movies until the new ones. I've, I've seen both of the two, the ones um, with Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and both of those are really good. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he plays, um, oh my gosh, Khan. He plays Khan. And yeah. he just... And I don't know anything about Khan, but... His character in that movie was pretty darn good, yeah. and, and the way he played the dragon, man. Yeah, I mean, they had him with some mocap. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they altered his voice just a little mm-hmm. bit, but could you put anyone's voice on Smog and 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 it work? Now that you heard that, I know, right? Like, I don't think <laughs> no. so, man. No, and and let's while we're on this, let's talk about just the awesomeness. Of Smaug himself, like, like that is one of the greatest villains I think that has appeared in a movie, and I don't know. Once again, it's there's a quality about him. It's yeah. not. I don't know. There's not one thing I can put my thumb on to say this is why, but he just has that menacing, but menacing but almost sophisticated yeah. way about him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and and he's he's a little cocky, yeah. but it fits him so well mm-hmm. because just let alone what he did, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of earned. So I kind of like it. I kind of yeah. dig it. I mean, it, it's it's hard it's hard not to root for the bad guy. Almost, mm-hmm. it's really hard not to root for him. Dude, what did you think when you watched the Desolation of Smile, the the second movie of the Hobbit trilogy, and in scene comes the the last thing the last line of that movie is Smaug flying towards the the village and he says I'm death yeah like and, and then, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean man that um, it, you're just sitting I watched it in the movie theater and I remember sitting there and and, and leading up to it when he jumps up out of the uh, kind of the pool of gold. I, I kept waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Well, surely he's going to die right here. Surely something dramatic. <laughs> and it never did. And then he like silenced the music down. And yeah. you hear like his wings kind of flapping in the wind. And then he drops that line. And then boom. Chills. Oh, man. Just chills, dude. <laughs> I remember sitting there. I was with one of my friends watching it. And it cut off. And we kind of waited for the next scene to start. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like no way that's the end. Right. And the credits start rolling. And I'm like... Oh, the movie's over. I was so ra- I was so wrapped up into that. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great, great. But I will say this: as far as Desolation of Smile the movie itself, it was kind of not really good until like the last half, at least. Like there was a lot. It seemed like there was a lot of filler scenes in there. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not as much as I'm going on about. I still love them. I'm. I'm we're nit. I'm nitpicking. Oh, here, absolutely. You know? Yeah. But I guess I'm yeah. just saying in uh, that. The first part of Desolation of Smile was probably the lull in the whole Hobbit trilogy, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, just real quick, is there anybody else with a character where their voice is synonymous with that character? Hmm. I'll, I'll give you one real quick to kind of get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. 
Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Can you picture that? Hit any, can, can his voice be any different mm-hmm. and it stick? Right. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm going to say these two characters that are in two what supremely different movies, but it's the same voice actor, and that's Mufasa and Darth Vader. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's a good one. Like, that's a better. I like that. Yeah. There's no like if somebody was. I was. I've seen the new Lion King movie, and it's really good, by the way. But my, one of my biggest disappointments, if you know anything about me, you know I love Jeremy Irons, and he was not the voice of Scar in the the new remake. No and way. The guy that they got, I forget his name, but he did great. He did fine, but I just I missed Jeremy Irons. But anyways, if they would have not got James Earl Jones to do Mufasa, then I, I mean you that kind he of, is Mufasa. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that when James Earl Jones passes away, he's gonna look down on us from the stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, he he will take those characters with him. I guess yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. Like if one of those actors passed away, if someone comes in and feels tries to fill the shoes, would it work or would it not? Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mufasa and Darth Vader? It, no. The <laughs> right. flat answer is no. No. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. That, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's probably one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the better ones. And I don't know if this is just because he's been in six movies, but kind of back on the Lord of the Rings thing is, I mean, I guess somebody else could play Gandalf, but now after seeing him, it would be difficult to imagine somebody else. I mean, if we'd started out with somebody else, like, there's a couple other older guys that could have played him, like Michael Gamden. Mm-hmm. But he was, um, um, he was Dumbledore. So, you don't really want him to. Yeah. I, I'm glad that Dumbledore and Gandalf are not the same people. Yeah. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah. But I feel like, was is it Ian McKellen? That's his name, yes. isn't it? Yes. He, he kind of has a natural humor to him, anyways. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf kind of does yeah, too. Yeah, and I think that's why it works so mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I'm I think I think Gandalf fits him more than Magneto. Now, I mean, oh, I think yeah. I think he played a good Magneto. Yeah, I'm not I'm not knocking that at all. But I just think the character of Gandalf was was just and and of course I am biased because Lord of the Rings is my like top dog of what I love. But I just feel like the casting was was good all around on that for I mean, for both trilogies. for both trilogies. And and what I love is they they really went for who had the look and who had the acting chops to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Not just they didn't rely on famous A list actors to do to you know. And um so but I'm trying to think, can you think of any more characters? And they don't have to be Lord of the Rings, but just more characters if they weren't that person they, they just couldn't I mean, I, I kinda got one like I said from earlier, uh Goku. Mm-hmm. I, I can't picture anyone else's voice on him. Yeah. Now I know not everybody likes Dragon Ball Z and, and even Dragon Ball and, and Dragon Ball Super, new, the new kind of series that's out. But when you grow up with that voice, and and honestly, I, I think the whole cast of voices, man, I obsessed with that show so much. <laughs> I love that show. I drew pictures. I mean, just every the video games. Yeah. Love Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. When they redid, it wasn't like a full, uh, like from scratch retelling of the story, mm-hmm. but they kind of revoiced it and like changed some lines. I think it was called Dragon Ball Z Kai, mm-hmm. I think. Like they tried to freshen up the animation a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
they changed Frieza's voice, mm-hmm. and it did not work for me. <laughs> right, like, Frieza's voice was supposed to be Frieza's a guy, but it was supposed to be almost like a menacing, feminine voice in right. a way. It was almost it was a little higher in pitch and real raspy, and like this new one mm-hmm. is a. Um, it's almost like they're talking in a can yeah. and the voice is so fake. Oh, they're yeah. trying way too hard <laughs> right. to make their own unique voice. It doesn't work. Right. You just hear it one way growing up and then they redo it and it doesn't work at all. Right. So maybe even that whole cast for me, if they changed any of it, I'd hate it. Yeah. I'd hate it. Yeah. Especially, I guess, with any childhood cartoon mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, yeah. you can't change Bugs Bunny's voice or something like <laughs> right, that. So, right. Right. Yeah. But Benedict Cumberbatch, Smog, I mean, they're just attached to him. And you know, you know what's kind of cool about him is, um, I mentioned Sherlock earlier, and in in the show Sherlock, the person who plays Doctor Watson is Martin Freeman. So, it I don't know, it's just kind of cool that yeah. they kind of like there's there's several other movies I think and stuff that they're both in, oh, yeah. and it's like huh. it's kind of a cool. I don't know. They kind of go together, and, and and did you also know this about Martin Freeman? Um, I, me and me and Daniel both love the show The Office. I mean, it's incredible. But I had never really watched the British one. Have you ever watched the British one? Not really. No. Martin Freeman is in the British Office. What? Yeah, I did not know that. And he and he plays, and they they have different names in the British Office, but he plays. The gym character, really? Yeah, and I've seen I've seen I a couple. I did of them. not know that. So we're gonna, I'm gonna have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, we're gonna have to check that out and, and see. That's correct. And the guy that plays the Dwight Light character is this is completely random, and we're totally like chasing a rabbit, chasing a rabbit. <laughs> but um, do you remember Pirates of the Caribbean? The guy that has the eye thing that pops out, the pirate that yeah. has the eye that pops out, that's the Dwight character. Oh my that guy. gosh! So the real bone skin. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh! Yeah. So, oh, that's great. So I'll have to check that out. But That's great, man. But yeah, uh, I mean, man, as far as... Um, we didn't talk much about Battle of Five Armies. Let's hit on that for a second. Okay, that, that's that movie, true. Because that, that there was a lot going on in that movie. It was. Um, I, I can't say it felt rushed to me. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think the part that I enjoyed the most... Was kind of the the clash between the elves mm-hmm. and the dwarves. Yeah. Because it had like a pretty nasty kind of backstory to it. They mm-hmm. turned their backs on them when they needed the most. Yeah. The uh, the elves did, and I I kind of enjoyed that. I kind of watched because it was tense. Well, and you got you know, and we see in the original trilogy, which happens later chronologically, mm-hmm. you see the tension between elves and dwarves. But that but but you get the reasons why in the, in the Hobbit movies. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's one thing, I, like I said, I mean, they, they kind of added a lot to it, but I feel like they use it as an opportunity just to expound upon the lore of the whole world, not just tell yeah. the story of The Hobbit. They use it to set more up and give you more info and backstory on the whole Middle Earth. We're suckers for the lore. I think yeah. I can take but we yeah. really are. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the draws to like Halo, Assassin's Creed, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's a lot of lore to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely got to mention uh, Thorin's, uh, was it his uncle that comes in on the, the, was it the rabbit or the pig? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a pig. It was yeah. a pig. It was a pig. <laughs> yeah. He's like Scottish for some reason. I know, right? <laughs> 
so awesome. He was great. Oh, that was great. Wait, can you name the five armies? I don't know if I can. Ooh. There's no. there's the dwarfs, the elves, the orcs, orcs, the people that like dig through the ground or whatever. I don't know what other. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Not the goblins. I wanted to say the guys, not goblins. Yeah, I don't think I can name them. I can't name them. Was one of them like, like beast herders or something? Yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, and those were the people that came up from the mountain pass yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, so that was kind of cool. No, I can't. The answer to question is no. I, I wish I feel kind of stupid now because I feel like I should know this. <laughs> I'm asking you the question and I should know the answer, but I don't. Um, but. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the Hobbit movies. Um, I don't think they were as good as the original trilogy. But that's not a knock on the Hobbit. That's just lifting up the original trilogy a lot higher. Yeah, it's more of a statement for the original trilogy, yeah. And and a lot, one of the things I heard, and and you hear this a lot in movies these days, um, too much CGI. Like, too much CGI. And, and I gotta be honest, with a movie like this, I'm okay because it's a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay if it doesn't look real because it's not supposed to. But that being said, um, and I, I think I don't know if I've said this on podcast before, but um, the original trilogy came out at a prime time where they used enough real mixed with enough CGI to make it timeless. Right, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, the two minute CGI thing in some cases doesn't bother me. If I had to give you a definitive answer, I would say no. It doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't know if you ever see the World of Warcraft movie. Mm-mm. I know I know nothing about that, but I was the lot of look kind of cool. Yeah, it's like ninety nine point nine percent CGI, right. but it fits. I mean, it's a video game crazy right. world. It just right. kind of fit. Right. I mean, Avatar. Yeah. It's mostly CGI anyways, yeah. but it kind of worked. So maybe it's case by case basis, maybe. Yeah, yeah I can like see with that. Star Wars, you don't mm-hmm. want it to be too much CGI. Right, that's true. So maybe case by case kind mm-hmm. of more suits. And in this case, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, I thought it was cool when he went up to the top of the tree and those blue butterflies flew away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looked fake, but I don't, you know, it looked cool. Yeah. So, well, I tell you what, we will wrap it up here. Um, with our podcast about Hobbit and we will do one about the original trilogy um, Lord of the Rings 2 and I want to leave you with this there's nothing like looking if you want to find something you certainly usually find something if you look but if it's not always quite the something you are after thanks guys and have a great one thank you for tuning in to Flicks and Joysticks if you enjoyed today's episode please click the subscribe button below to never miss an episode. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.